stupid internet. Hello. Hi. I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> Phil, you're already on your phone. I'm not on my phone. Already on your Doesn't, phone. I'm, no I'm one can see it. Breaking the fifth wall. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. Hi, I'm Jesse. This is Phil. This is Phil. Uh, this is Wubba Lubba Dubcast. And, Wubba uh, Lubba. Wubba Lubba. You made it up. You actually gave us the title, and you can't say it. And then someone from Australia stole it. (laughs) We still haven't heard from them. No, we haven't. Which means they're not listening to our podcast. No, you know why we haven't heard from them? Oh, we haven't released it yet? Because the episode that we mentioned them, we haven't released yet. But good show. (laughs) You know what, Australia? Maybe you'd be more on the ball, but your your time thing is all timey. And your toilets flush the other way around. Oh. Sick. I know this. Sick. Sick burn, brah. Sick, sick burn it's from sick. down under. It's no, sick. I actually listened to their podcast. It's good. I like it. They're fun. So, uh, what episode are we on, Jesse? <laughs> We're on episode 11.5. 11 for Rick and Morty. 0.5 for us, because we're stupid. Yeah, we are uh, stupid. Uh, so, this is called uh, Risky uh, Business. Risky Business. Uh, so, real Rick quick. Risky Business. Ri- yeah, there you go. So, real quick on that. Uh, the uh, That is obviously a play on words from a movie in which a Scientologist starts a brothel. And that is where I'm leaving that piece of information right there. Uh, we're calling it Can't Hardly Rick, or at least I am, because... I would like to say that it's going to be called Summer's End. I just thought it sounded cool. Because I have no justification for that whatsoever. I can think of three episodes off the top of my head that would suit that one better um, than the one we're currently on. Also, uh, <laughs> pay me like your French girl. <laughs> baby like a French girl and then impregnate me apparently that was a I liked I liked the B plot of, of this this episode you can go fuck yourself right off to hell okay. that's what I'm saying right there alright clearly we have a difference of opinion is, is how I'm gonna go I will go into it right now because we're not touching the B episode because I don't want to hear you're not we're not we're not touching the B plot we're not doing it we're so not here Fucking Jerry and Beth's shitty marriage on a shitty fucking concept cruise about a shitty movie, which we knew how it ended. The boat sinks. This was the most prolific movie of my teenage life. And I knew the ending going in. The boat sinks. I like the B plot. I I find it very funny. Um... Oh, no, it's genius because it's Rick and Morty and it's funny as hell. But we're not talking about it. Rick and... Not Rick. Jerry and Beth are shitty people. But we They're don't... They're shitty people. We can't even discuss how Beth saves Jerry at the end of no, this. No, we're not. We're not. Because then we have to talk Deus about... Deus Ex Book? No. Deus Ex Book. We have to talk about... We have to talk about how Jerry's like, well, any port in the storm for random maids, service members well, on he, a cruise. That's how desperate he is for love and attention. That's why they're in a shitty marriage. And I don't want to talk about it right now, Phil. I don't. So what's happening with Rick? <laughs> He's so easy. They're having a party. They're having a party. They're having fun. <laughs> they are. They're having. Apparently, a party. you don't. I. I and, and viewers at home, let, let me. Viewers, listeners, viewers, and listeners at home, because I assume you can all see us anyway. It sounds to me like Jesse doesn't like the B plot. Am I reading that correctly? Because I like it. 
I'm breaking up with you. Okay, that's fair. I'm seeing. Should we move on? I'm seeing so other we podcasters. So we don't. Uh, the one thing I do want to say. I've just been cheating on you about the podcast. I know you have. Jerry uh, cosplays as a street rat. For geek's sake, wants me. Yeah. <laughs> You should absolutely call them. I actually need to call them, them back. Yeah. You should absolutely call them. I, I messed that up. Um, you, uh, so Jerry's podcasting, at, not not podcasting, he's cosplaying as a street rat. He's cosplaying in the beginning of the episode as Leonardo DiCaprio, who's an, now an Academy Award winning actor. He's been associated with Tom Hanks in the episode that we saw with the the improv episode. Yeah. Right? The true who's, true. Who's in, who's, Which, by the way, Cloud Atlas is a terrible movie. I didn't even... I couldn't even sit through I, it. I gave so up. I got through 15 minutes of the movie and said, this is awful. Did like, you finish it? 15 minutes. I got through 15 minutes of the movie. Wasn't so that I, your date night? Like, that was an we, attempt at the date night. I don't... What did you, you guys do instead? We made dinner. Which we did anyway. Oh no. oh no! I lied. Uh, <laughs> Alright, you guys ready for this? <laughs> Welcome to the Great British Baking Show podcast with Amanda and Phil. <laughs> for the record, we sat there, and it has nothing to do with Rick and Morty. I'll be really quick because I know we're trying to cut down on that. We sat there for two days and watched ten hours of the most nicest baking competition you'll ever. If you've seen things like. Uh, Master Chef and Master Chef Junior, and how like it's so super intense. The Great British Baking Show is super calm and relaxing. Ten hours of it in two days. We watched the entire first season in the course of not even two days, less than a twenty-four hour period, from eight o'clock at night when we watched the first episode to about three o'clock in the afternoon after taking a nap. We finished it. Like it's that good. I highly recommend it. Oh my gosh, it's so great. And 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 I just it made me bake. I actually made parmesan biscuits this week. A savory treat. And it turned out adequate. So what what is this podcast about again? Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. See, it's it's diatribes like that is the reason why that I love you. I hope that's it's why, why it's why you've endeared has, you know, it's why you've 20, endeared yourself. You talk for like 20 minutes about British baking. Let me say one thing nice about you. Fair, fair, fair. It's why you've endeared yourself into my heart. Thanks. My You're original very point today. My original point is: Do you think Jerry wants to win an Academy Award? No. No. He wants an Apple. <laughs> he definitely wants an. He wants his Apple back. So, plot setting up. Stakes are laid out. They're leaving to go on a cruise. Yeah, a Titanic cruise of which we will never speak of again. Okay, fair. They leave Rake to take care of the kids. Electric eels oxidize. There's a hole in the garage. And Summer says... We're past the point of return. I'm going to have a party. Let's shake that ass. Bitches, let's see what you got. Let's shake that ass. You know why I like this episode, Jesse? Why? Because it takes some classic tropes and puts a sci-fi twist to them. Tell me about it. Much like my favorite... Show of all Futurama, but moving moving forward. I don't even bring that show up to me. Welcome to the Futurama podcast. No, you're whispering at them. You can't whisper at them. We're just a dialogue. I'll talk later, podcast. So, um, <laughs> so there's a party. So there's a party. There's a Morty party. Is, is the typical agent of, of anti-party, I'll say. Yes. And he's trying to clean it up and be like, no, guys, watch out. Whoa. Like the typical trope. And so I like that on top of this, you have... An actual trope where it's a teenage house party, 
but there's aliens and shit. There's a Birdman. And they're there's, really... And Birdman's hooking up with a, just a human girl. And they're completely really innocent comfortable. And a harmless human girl. But they're really comfortable with each other. And they all love each other. But yeah, there's like no... Like there's like three there's nothing scenes wrong with Tammy. of conflict, right? What? Yes. Anything. There's three scenes of conflict with anything, right? Otherwise, it's real. they're just really okay with each other. Yeah. They, like this interaction. And I, I love that part of this episode, too. Um, of course, we get our famous saying that we, we did in episode zero. What up, my glip glops? What up, my glip glops? So I will talk about this. OK, uh, the quote is actually it's like the N word and a C word had a baby and it was raised by all the bad words for Jews. Wow. Which is brilliant, by the way. Cheers, Dan Harmon. And yeah, Justin Dan Harmon has, and has these moments of like. Not moments, really shows of just great, yeah. great writing. He's a great writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish he loved himself a little more because I think he would do even better. I think he loves, I want to give him a hug. I think he loves himself in a closet with a rope tied around his neck. Moving on. Uh, like Squatchy? So, so let me ask you this, Phil. Are glib globs, is that an anti-Semitic word? No. And I'll, because, I'll be... Because Phil, in the past, you and I both have called our fans glib globs. Yeah. Phil, are we summer? Phil, are we summer? Well, Phil, you would tell me if I was summer, wouldn't you, Phil? You would tell me, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. This you is know, awkward. I made not... this awkward. I made it awkward. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, no, no. So. We're bringing some weird energy to this episode. I like it. <laughs> I like this weird. Well, in all seriousness, we just watched about three episodes of Rick and Morty back to back. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm a little. Well, because season three's out now. Yeah. So, we're, we're moving along. We're moving along. Um, so. We're stuck in 2015. <laughs> well, it's 2017. I actually have here. So, Titanic, or Jerry's ever-present search for meaning and love, halted by psychopathic maids. Yeah. I actually have that note there. Um, so, we go into the party. Tammy, introduced here as one of Summer's friends. Yep. Make, make my hair look drunk. Yep. Make my hair look drunk. Hey, Tammy's drunk. All right. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that being a real thing in teenage parties. I can actually, I think I've actually, it's like all my 20s finally make sense. All of them. None of my 20s make sense. I was locked in a room for four years playing World of Warcraft. We had different 20s. Different uh, 20s. Way different 20s. Um, so let's have a moment of silence, being this is the end of the first season, for Frank Padalecki. The first one we lost. Moving on. Um, yeah, I'm, I was still in the moment. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's the t-shirt guy. You no, know, he's the bully. He's the bully who oh, dies. Oh, no. He would be in this episode. He, he would, would be. He would actually be Morty's villain Nem- yeah. in this episode. Nemesis, yeah. But he's dead. You're right. Frank is dead. And we talked about this, of course, way back when. Yeah, this is way back when. Uh, but I, you know, and I we, thought you meant the t-shirt guy that's like, whoa, whoa, and no. gets thrown to the alien no. vagina. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I like that character. Um, but yeah, Frank uh, is, uh, now we, we can make the argument here because this is technically another universe, so it may not be the universe. Yeah, Frank might not be dead in this he, he may not be even He's be dead yet. in the Cronenberg world. He's dead in the Cronenberg world. He might not even have been born in this one. But I still felt it was necessary to have a moment of silence. <laughs> he might not even be born. That's a good thought. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, man. Instead, we have Aberdolf Linkler. Yeah. Fucking brilliant character. Can we spend some time on this character? Can we, yeah. Can we really just mine this? Because I really, really want to. 
he is first of all the whole cartoon sequence the, like 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 not, not the cartoon but the whole like sequence of morty going from room to room and dealing with these these yeah these panics you know situations that are happening well, it's like, like hannah barbera had a nightmare and that's what he's walking through like it's like the worst thing it's actually it's not hannah barbera's nightmare it's hannah barbera's acid trip which if you've have you ever done acid film I know. I have a feeling like Hannah Barbera wouldn't have had a good trip. No, I, had a, I just have this feeling. Um, but I, I really want to talk about Avery Offlinkler. He am so super excited about this character, right? Summer. This is how he's introduced. Summer is having a conversation with band nerd Nancy, and Summer's trying to like appease her friends and be popular and cool. And Nancy's like, "Hey, Summer. Hey, I haven't seen you at." practice yeah so we've got a situation in which one of our main characters doesn't want to be associated with an aspect of her personality and then rick comes up and rick says it's party yeah everybody's invited, everybody's invited but as he's cool spilling summer. alcohol on nancy yeah. which is brilliant i just love that little fucking detail and what happens next the wall crashes through <laughs> and a, a tall man with a Abraham Lincoln beard, a Hitler mustache, a, a stovetop hat, and like some sort of military fatigue, and then like these like the like, prototype for boots. Darth Vader's chest piece, right? Like a light bright That's or a so, good way to put right? It. Like literally, like actually, or like a a, a priest's uh, robe from like the old Judaic period. He's a he's a morally neutral world leader. Rick wanted to create a morally neutral world leader. Why? We have to mine the shit out of this. Because, if, first of all, we've established within the thematic things of the show, but we'll talk about it again, Rick has issues with himself. Yeah. Rick. Also, he's an idiot. When it comes to at least combining things. Oh, yeah. He's, he's an terrible. idiot. He's, terrible. He's, he's very black and white thinking yeah. about it. He, so he, he, reminds really, he makes really great machines. Yeah. But when he does like the genetic to, splicing, yeah, it's not, terrible. Well, he thinks so black and white. So if we recall back to Rick portion number nine, when yeah. he... he <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of a vole is a praying mantis. Like, black and white. So this is how he did this. He said, what is the best world leader in the world? And he somehow chose a... Abraham Lincoln. What if it was reversed for him? What if he was saying that Hitler was the best world leader of the world? I don't, I don't think so. That's <laughs> Just terrifying. That is a terrifying thought. I don't uh, think but so. But yeah, he, he definitely was associating the moral high ground you know why, with uh, Abraham Lincoln. You know why Abraham Lincoln had a beard and a mustache? Why? I don't know. I was just trying to test you. Oh, I don't know either. Called him Abraham, uh, Abraham Linkler, if you know what I mean. But uh, liquor. Abraham Licker. Anyway. Wow. Um, wow. Where did you go? Sarah Silverman Project. <laughs> what a great underrated show. Uh, Wasn't Dan Harmon on that one too? I don't know. That's a good question. I think he wrote for that one. I'm gonna going back to your phone. You're going like, back to the phone. You're like just you're like so every other millennial these days. I can't even get you to have a five second conversation with my eyes. <laughs> um, I dated a girl like that. Uh, we had our one of our first dates. She was just on her phone the entire time. And I was like, wow, you're not interesting. Yeah, I, I, that would have been, I, I was like, I had a date with a girl like that would have been a sentence that I had. Oh, I dated her a couple of times because I had no self-esteem whatsoever back then. But moving on. Well, you do now. Yeah. You well, do. I got married. Well, yeah, there's that. I don't need self-esteem anymore. She has your self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. No, he did not. He did not. Okay. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about is Rick's relationship with him real quick. And then we'll get into the whole 
what the mix is of, of this character. Okay. All right. So is Rick upset? Now, this is an aspect of Rick's personality he's ashamed of. Right. That's what the establishing moment is here. That's why we're getting the Nancy scene. Yeah, he's embarrassed that yeah. um, he created him in the first place. He's is, a, a maniac. Is he created because, is he embarrassed because Adolf Linkler is a failed experiment? Or because he's morally ambivalent to the situation? Because he is, is because he's ashamed. I'll tell you, I, I think it's actually option C. He's not embarrassed that there was a failed experiment. He's embarrassed that he failed. That he failed. Because Rick views himself as a god, pretty yes. much. Yes. And he, that makes him infallible. And so when he fails... It's like evidence of the infallibility. Right. right it's right, evidence right, right, right. of his mortality and evidence of all these awful things that Rick is trying to avoid. Yep. Not, not wanting to deal with his issues. Correct. So how is it that his goal at one point was to create a morally neutral world leader? I think like, he was just bored. Why, but no, no, no. But why is that an important thing? Like, why is that the goal? Yeah. Why don't you want him morally good? Yeah. Like somebody pious and, and... Now, does he feel like, in this case, someone neutral would be able to make the hard decisions without being emotional? That's a logical point of view. Yeah. That, you know, that's definitely... that's that. But again, why are we mixing Abraham Lincoln and Adolf Hitler to create neutrality? So why is the negative... Like, how... This is if, the, even if you had, even if you can quantify those two individuals, which you can't, they're people, but even if you can qualify those two individuals and say, on a line of 10 going each way, 10 in the negative, 10 in the positive, Abraham Lincoln is 10. How is Hitler 10? How isn't Hitler like 25? Because Hitler did way worse shit. In comparison to the good shit. Right. Uh, if you could view a moral framework It's like trying to, like, if... <laughs> so I feel like Rick almost views this as, like, a color wheel, right? Yeah. He's trying to create purple, so he mixes red, right? A deep, bold red. Okay. With... Oh, my God. Blue? Yeah. Okay, so if, like, white with, like, a, just a drop of blue... And then he's trying to make purple, and, and, and the red is just overpainting the, the... It's overwhelming. Well, no, the guy's equal. The character, Adolf Linkler, is 50 is, 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 is ab- Even his catchphrases are 50-50. Prepare to be emancipated from your inferior genes. Right. No, I understand that. <laughs> My point is, though, it doesn't actually create neutrality. No. And so if we're trying to go for neutrality... All right. I'll give you this, and and this is this is improv, so everyone be a little nice to us. Who would be your two leaders that you would put together to make a morally neutral leader? You're not gonna like my answer. That's fine. You're no one's gonna like my answer. That's fine. Hitler. Okay. Jesus. I don't like your answer. <laughs> I told you you're not gonna but like my answer. You, 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 did you want to explain it, or are you? Are we? This is without context. Well, first of all, it's actually it's it's on opposites of the spectrum on 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 multiple thematic fronts. Okay, right. And I'm a writer, so this is this is my writer brain working. Uh, uh, Hitler, well renowned as to what he did, but one of his defining characteristics, or at least his ideology that he spread about, was an intense uh, hatred of the Jewish people. Or any inferior. Any inferior race. But the but the log line of that was, you know, no Jews. Okay. Right? 
Um, and Jesus was the king of the Jews. Yeah. So that's how you come up with a morally neutral. Or a morally self-loathing. Well, wouldn't you have to be to be neutral? Wouldn't you have to be somewhat self-loathing? Perhaps. Do you want to hear mine? Yes. Okay. This is pretty good. And this is sort of weird. Go ahead and look it up. Plato. Okay. Who, you know. Is that on the good side or the bad side? Precisely. Okay. Winston Churchill. Is that on the good side or the bad Precisely. side? Precisely. <laughs> he would have the rationale to be able to question and, and at least ruminate through world issues and have just a dash of charisma to communicate it to everyone else. But that's not a morally ambivalent... To quote Futurama... Oh, for the love of Jesus Christ. Richard Nixon with charisma? I'll be unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) So, completely off sidetrack, have you ever seen a movie called Nice Guys? No, it was Shane. It was a Shane Black movie. It was, it was the most recent flick. He's doing Predators now, which is interesting because he was in it. He was in the original. Yeah, um, you should watch it. There's a whole Richard ne- Richard Nixon sequence that's brilliant. It's a to. it's a brilliant sequence in, in the movie. It's great. I'm not going to spoil it here. If you anyone who's who's anywhere, you should definitely watch that movie too. It's great. Um, so what happens with with now to kind of right the ship? Not to talk about the Titanic, though. No, uh, I liked where we were going. I like. Oh, you want to keep going? I like the idea of trying to come up with a morally neutral. I, I because what you came up with wasn't morally neutral. Yeah, he no, is because both both people are people, and they both made mistakes. To come, if well, he who shits in a glass house is viewed by a tree. I'm bad at these things. What the? My point is. <laughs> Every what are you, what are you, a tanning? Has... Are you Biff tanning? <laughs> Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> um, I... Every human being in this entire world, from the birth of civilization to the end of civilization, will be a flawed character. So do you think that's why the experiment failed? Of course. So that and Rick doesn't understand people. Yeah. Okay. Now this is a... Now... 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 Now we're on to something here. I love this character. I'm really upset with what happens to this character. He gets beaten up and... and well, why does he get beaten up? Well, Rick, <laughs> today, we'll go into this in a minute, but they get accidentally get transported to another dimension, which looks suspiciously like Dimension 35C, which is the first dimension they go to on the show. You're right. It looks suspiciously like it, like the color palette's the same, right? So they transport there, and Rick's like, no, you've got to get these Calaxian crystals. Um, and again, it's it, it's the same theme. It's a, it's a tired trope at this point in the 11th episode. Morty blindly jumps into Rick's solution for the problem. Yeah. Right? This well, is, I he, think even more so here because Morty is still desperate to end this party. Yes. He he. And why is he desperate? Because the, the initial point of this episode is if they have a party and if something goes wrong in this house... Um, he's Beth's not, not allowed let, to... Beth, Beth is specifically is not, not allowed to let them... Uh, go on adventures anymore. Yeah, and and you know when mom's saying it, it's true. And Jerry's like, "Yeah, wait, what?" Well, it's the fir- it's the first time Beth ever really divides a line in a relationship. Yeah, ever, which is don't don't wreck my house. Yeah, and that's a that's a that's a very mom that's a very common mom thing to to 
Which is weird because I think Beth isn't a common mom, but... No, but she's got traits that make her a mother. Right. So she would have that same nesting instinct. So that, I mean, that, that's, that, you know, those are the stakes that are set up. That's why Morty's freaking out. Right. Um, the Rick sends Morty to go find the crystals. Beth sends Nancy. Yeah. And Rick sends Abert off Linkler, which is... Basically, them getting rid of the buzzkills. The F team. Yeah, just, 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 just. You guys are ruining the party. Just, just, just get out of here. Um, and they go and they get these crystals. And in the process, Abradolf Linkler dies. Rest in peace. Another fallen soldier. He was gonna emancipate that. Thanks. To emancipate yourself from your own inferior I genes. I, I think I like him because he's so conflicted. Well, because he's not. He's not clear on his ideology. No, he has no and idea. He's having, he's having these like monologues in his head that he's speaking out loud. Well, I, I think that there are inferior races, but at the same time, I think all people should be free. I don't understand. <laughs> and he's got a he's got a beard with I just I love the whole thing. I love the whole I thing. like when um uh Summer's friend, I forget her name. Nancy. Nancy. Again. Goes uh well, I don't really... I don't think any of us were sure what he stood for, but... <laughs> uh, so, more things that happen. I think we've mined that enough. Yeah. Um, moving on, more things that happen. Bird Person. It's been a tough mating season for Bird Person. Yeah. I didn't do a big corner on this one because there's so much here. But then Bird Person is potential uh, spoilers. Well, no. It's just like Bird Person's an obvious ripoff of Birdman. Yeah. Birdman, the old cartoon yeah. show that was actually made into... Then also, also Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Yeah. Also, I believe Hannibal Rare. Funny. All of them. Funny show. Never saw. Oh, so great. I don't like things that are funny, Phil. I think you should know this about me by now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so Tammy, but Tammy, drunk hair, Tammy hooks up with Bird Person, which, you know, good on him. And the gears were turning and turning and turning. Gearhead. Gear. Gearhead is like this dude at a party who's like constantly having this low buzz who's kind of just talking to everybody and talking about his new like his, yeah. like like his thesis on Gearhead um, is the freshman philosophy student that we all knew that's where I was going that's where I was going and I, I'll tell you I have a quick anecdotal story about this because you were a freshman philosophy no, student no <laughs> I was much worse I was a history student oh I always had like you had slides I had pretense <laughs> you had slides and pictures but I had pretense of at least research sorry philosophy majors but um i was at most most is a great burrito place like i'm in the minority i get it chipotle is good whatever chipotle is good in colorado most is wonderful okay uh for me at least this is brought to you by most most <laughs> taste the flavor i don't actually know their tagline um <laughs> taste the flavor <laughs> i was sitting there uh with another shaky girlfriend of mine who again i just wanted to be loved um, and she had a friend that was a, a philosophy major heading into his freshman year, and he just sat for a good two hours and talked about himself and talked about theory, and 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 was he was just so stoked to to be a part of this grand journey as he called it, and I'll never forget walking away from that and being like that guy was a dick. And well, it's different circumstances than a party. At a party, that's a dick I move. I feel like you're, 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 now, this was a group that he, he took us hostage verbally for two hours. It's still pretty much the same thing. That's fair. 
That's fair. I feel like you're splitting hairs on the party. Well, I don't know. It was a group, like was it was it more than one? Was it just it was the three of us? It was three of you. So you he was he was being introduced to you, and then he talked about himself for two hours. He was just really excited. He was a total gear. I don't know. It's my I, I'm in I'm in school. It's my you, my first. I'm I'm excited about the program I'm in in school. It's not a philosophy program, but I'm sure at this point Grace is like, please stop talking, please. Yeah, but it was. I feel like it was, there was so much pretense about. I'm not. I'm not. Maybe this is a bad story, and it's fine. No, philosophy students tend to have pretense. It was, it they tend to be pretentious. Felt yeah, pretentious. Moving forward. <laughs> um, so he's there, um, and he's. And but what's interesting about that exchange is that Rick's kind of held hostage by Gearhead uh, to back to the Rick in the morning, but they're standing in front of a door that says "Keep Out." Like. It's a party hosted by Rick. Yeah. Which, by the way, other Ricks are at. Yeah, Council of Ricks. Stare people are at. Um, there was a there's Plutonian. There's a Plutonian. There's a Plutonian hanging out. There is there's the, a Snoopy Doop and yeah. a Floopy Doop. You don't invite them to the party. You never invite the same There are Glue Globs. There are tons of Glue Globs. Tons of Glue Globs. So there are other things happening, but the... Uh, the... Uh, um, gear at... Like, they're standing in front of a door that says, Keep Out. What do you think's going on in that door? Phil... You think people are like doing it? They're it, doing the. They're it's doing aliens it. doing it, I think. <laughs> it's aliens doing it. <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting. Um, and so who else do we meet? Let's let's bounce around here a little bit. Slow Mobius. Slow Mobius. Slow Mobius is is a great. Slow Mobius gag. is written specifically for a later gag. Yeah. It, it re- reminds me of almost like the Naked Gun. Where they have to set up a joke and they would set up a joke like three steps ahead. Like that's Slow Mobius. Slow yeah. Mobius was introduced specifically for one joke. Well, it's set up in a joke and then it comes back in a right. joke and then it comes back later on as a joke yeah. with the show ending and Rick stopping time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Squanch. Squanchy. Squanchy. Um, imagine a world of homeless tabbies that say Squanch. Because obviously this is a play on Smurfs. Oh, jeez, I never even considered that. You never considered the nope. Smurf angle? No. And Can you imagine the Gargamel so that wants to eat him? Painfully obvious. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the, because every, like the Squanchette? Every verb, every, yeah, pronoun, every... Oh, I went deep. Now, yeah. I, I imagine a whole squanch. world of just, it was like this entire cityscape... And there's like all these squanches around, and there's like one homeless dude who looks like Rufus from the Park. So is Squanchy like just like would that be like the John Smith of this world? Yeah. And is there a Squanchette, you think? Yes, there's a Squanchette. And is there a Papa Squanch? There's absolutely a Papa Squanch. I wanna I wanna I want I wanna see this. I want this I want this to happen. I really do. Um, and Squanchy's a bit of an alcoholic and uh, he's like, a bit of an alcoholic. He's carrying around a bottle and a brown bag. That's, and he also likes uh, what's the that's what's the like, term? Auto Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. He likes the David Carradine. Oh, oh. nominated Patrick. Jeez. <laughs> that's how the dude went out. It's how he went out. It's how he went out. Hey! He went out happy. Like, why are we? Why are we doing that? He certainly homeboy killed. went out with a smile on his. He face. certainly killed his bill. <laughs> um, that was bad. <laughs> that was great, dude. Um, what else? Oh, there's a great perspective gag that I really hope comes back later on. With 
the, the there's there's a there's little aliens jumping into like an orange liquid. Yeah. And then the dude drinks the liquid and he's like, I'm gonna get laid tonight. And he's drinking the orange guys. And meanwhile, they're like other friends are like running. Yeah. No, don't drink our friends. Like, I really want them to come back. It's not though. I know it's Let not. Let me explain to you why. Because Rick and Morty in this case, and the show does a good job of this, it's just trying to show more sci-fi bizarreness. Yeah. And so it zooms in on this tiny verse of a table and there's a party going on in that table with friends and then it zooms out to just the normal like size of, of the room and then they're they're horribly killed by it, being ingested. It's a perspective gag. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's all and that's it's, all I it, needed to call it. Yeah, it's great. I yeah, it it's it's wonderful. Um, but I really want these things to like live in this dude and then he impregnates a chick later on in the night and then they both have things living in them. I'm going to have to write this story, aren't I? Yeah. I hate you. I mean, I wouldn't read it if it makes you feel better. <laughs> I don't know why that would make you feel better. I don't know why that would make me feel something. You wouldn't read something I wrote? That's 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 harmful. That's harmful. Oh. Um, aliens and people li- living together on mass hysteria. We talked about that. Um, what will love a dub dub? What will love a dub dub? This is wow. Important. This is important. Well, it's important for many reasons. I wanna, I wanna set this up. Okay. I wanna tee set, it up. I wanna tee this up. Okay. It's good that we have a bit of order to this podcast again. We do. We've we been a little out of control, <laughs> like this party. It's the party cast. <laughs> it's the party cast. Um, first occurrence of what will love a dub cup. Me seeks and destroy. Yeah. Or as we call the Tao of Gulf. Yeah. Or the Tal of Impossible Golf Thank you. There we go. Raising Gazorpazor, something Rickard, Close Encounters, and then this. These are all the occurrences so far of Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. Yeah. First one. Rick comes back after the Mee adventure. The house is a wreck. It's Rick's fault. He fucked up. He gave gave them a toy and they played with it. It's his fault. Yeah. And he goes, "Uh, how about a Flea Seeks box? And they're like, no, no more boxes. It's like, it's just a fucking mob. Like it's, it's, it's presented as like, it's the end of the episode. So he breaks the fourth wall. He quotes that this is Arsenio says, and I still don't know if that's true. Because I've never seen an episode of Arsenio Hall, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. But he goes, whoop, 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 whoop. like, I'm dancing, look at me, I'm saying something funny, yeah, yeah, get me out of this. I'm like sorry, um, like a fuzzy bear's waka waka waka. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Second occurrence, raising Gazorpazorp. He says it after something stupid. He says, like, an obvious male joke. Yeah. Right? Morty's staying there in his underwear. He goes, he, he's like, I don't, I, she got up and laughed. And he goes, oh, I thought that was the guy's job. Yeah. Like, what a fucking, like, college freshman joke. Yeah. Right? Sophomore. Yeah. Very, there you go. Um, freshman. And he also says it, at, he also says it um, after a fart, when he farts on Beth in summer at the end of the episode. Raising yeah. his orb, his orb. Um, and he says in something in, in, in something wicked when he's giving the finger to the devil yeah. across the street. He says in Close Encounters, as he's walking to his room, this is the only time so far in the show that we've seen his room. And it's like a fucking gray cot. Yeah. And it's got like posters and shit all which also had Abraham Linkler on it it did you saw the, that that was definitely a foreshadow. A, a, a foreshadow of this character um, but it was really just this desolate praise more so by the fact that Jerry's in there pouting because yeah. he is his friend so and he's saying on the way to this room now all that teed up everything in there Rick says it after doing Kalax yeah. play something 
Play something. Yeah. Play something. And then they do the Rick dance. Phil? It's the, it's the, it's the Rick dance. Which, by the way, Grace wants us to do a YouTube video of us doing the Rick dance. And I'm for it. Um, I'm down. That would be when we have a Patreon and people have to pay to see that. <laughs> I'm happy to be a stripper in that case, but you got Wait a minute, wait a minute. No one said we had to do it with clothes off. We could do it in a fucking Eskimo parka. We're, we can do it, but I'm not taking my clothes off, Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. What does Wubba Lubba Dub Dub mean? Uh, I'm in great pain. Right? I'm in great pain. Please help me. Oh, please help me. That's right. There is a Phil. second part of that. Phil, are we in great pain? Because of our Wubba Lubba Dub cast? Are we in great pain, Phil? No, we're just doing a play on the thing. Yeah, we're deconstructing what the show says. Phil. And then... Are we in great pain? Life is pain. Phil, it's not your fault. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> It's not your fault. <laughs> Phil. It's not your fault. You're supposed to curse at me and tell me not me, Sean. You've never seen Goodwill Hunting? You've no. never seen Goodwill Hunting? No, not. Son of a bitch! Man, you should really like we have a we have like a five minute pre production meeting when we when we do these podcasts. <laughs> you wanna like watch Goodwill Hunting in five minutes? No, but you could have queued me up sure. for that one. Poor Gus Fancate rolling Man. over in Um so it means I'm in great pain. Please help me. So let's examine each of these moments that because now we have context. Now we can go back and see what this means. He's fucked up. He's making a shitty joke. He's pissing off the devil, stopping the devil who we've established through a conversation that the devil has a legitimate place in our in our universe. Yes. Right. From a Judeo-Christian point of view. Correct. And Rick's like, fuck you. Just giving him the finger. Um to uh, Close Encounters when he's at the end of the episode, at the end of this heinous episode yeah. in which he had to face his feelings about Morty, yeah. about dealing with evil Rick and all of his stuff. Yeah. He has to walk in uh, to his shitty fucking one room in his daughter's house. Yeah. And he says, wubba lubba dub dub. And it means, I am in great pain. Please help me. I think, this is my theory. I think... Wubba Lubba Dub Dub is Rick's way of expressing grief and being apologetic. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. Okay. I was gonna... I'm sort of debating this. Part of me says that they just wanted to have a twist on it for a twist's sake, and maybe it wasn't even planned until this episode. Okay. But then that, that also says that I'm not... Suspending my my belief, right, or my disbelief in this case, where I'm I'm kind of looking at it on a meta standpoint of yes. production. Yes, you are. So if I, if you're I'm actually deviating from the close watch model. Yes, that we've established for eleven episodes. But go on, eleven and a half. <laughs> um, so I'm going to zoom in and say I think Rick tends to, like I said, he he considers himself a god, mm-hmm. and. That is a way of almost like I, I, I yeah I agree it's the way of escaping from that but but instead of admitting that he's scared or admitting that he's apologetic or sorry or, or feeling anything he makes a joke out of it and wubble a dub dub it's just funny but it's, but so he's having the feeling and the only thing he can do is make this joke and it's this funny sort of like innocuous dance but he's expressing apology. That's his expression. 
Yeah. No. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm buying what you're. I'm picking up what you're buying or, so take, or something. Take that because this leads into another point. What is his catchphrase when the episode ends? Glar. No. 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 Fuck you. I don't care. No. No. He's like, I love my grandkids. Oh, I love my grandkids. And I don't give a fuck. Let's shake that ass. Yeah. Like so, he it, he expresses apology now through an almost antisocial behavior, bringing his family closer and then pushing them away. So he actually gets worse because of the events. What caused the the change? What? The events of the season. We watch the events of the season happen. This is where Rick ends. Is the end of season one. Oh, like coming down from a weird hard drug high. Yeah. And then having to freeze time. And then everything, all the events, not even this episode, but just the events going back. Having to leave the dimension he was at because he fucked up, you know, Rick Potion number nine. That was a huge moment. Having to face the fact that according to a council of Ricks, his own himself, essentially other versions of himself, he's like the worst of the worst. Yeah. He is the worst one that they could actually talk to. He's a terror Rick. Right? So all of these things, he has to feast face them. And he gets to a point, and then at the end of it, Morty's like, You're not saying well beloved dub dub. And he's like, No, because my new catchphrase is I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Which we know he does. So I think he's internalized these things. Yeah. I think that they're worse for him. And I'd be interested to see where he goes from here in season two. And then eventually to season three, which we're now getting now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That's why I think I love this episode. It's like there's, there's really, really small character moments. And you know what? From a meta standpoint, you're absolutely right. It, Justin Rowland, it sounds like he said, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. I mean, that's why I turned onto the show in the first place. Because right. the language was so casual. It's funny. Yeah. But I think that they saw that and then leaned into it. I like this episode, like I said, it harps on a familiar trope and then does what Rick and Morty does best, which is flip it on its like belly and shove sci-fi up its butt. Oh, right, right up in there. And right up in there. Way up Way in up in there, Phil. Way, way up, up in there. there. Like ticking those tonsils. And right up. It's just, and it's so good. Um, it's funny throughout the entire episode and then at the end you get the last like breaking of the fourth wall mm-hmm. they're all waving goodbye there's a pumpkin head <laughs> Jerry uh, I love that they also when they freeze time they're pantsing people the pantsing people they're doing everything because we've all had that thought like yeah. what if time stopped like what would you do heck yeah I, I would, would pants people I would totally pants people I would pants people I would have I grab hands and have people touching each other's butts and then like when time unfreeze they'd be like hey why is your hand on my butt like it's just funny it's funny stuff uh to go back to the Simpsons when uh when they're in Cuba and they're escaping from the guards and they pull the rug under oh no they're they're actually in Burns Mansion this time they pull the rug under the FBI guards and they knock heads and they pass out they run past them then Homer runs back and sticks his hand <laughs> sticks the one agent's hand on the other agent's butt and laughs that to me will stay in my head forever as super freaking funny and i don't i mean i guess you could really break it down like well that's like fu- it was funny at the time cuz you know it had some sort of homo sense to it and homoerotic rather sense to it. I probably should use the whole phrase. And, uh, yeah, probably, but whatever. Different <laughs> time. I guess it's just <laughs> That's a different who we are time as people, thing. I think. <laughs> and I just came up on it. And I guess I just came onto this realization. I guess it's kind of messed up in a way that I found it so funny. But what were we talking about? I don't know, but you went somewhere else. But that brings me up to, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you ever see Men at Work? 
Yes. It was all oh, right on. High five. High five on that. High five on that. So <laughs> I just I didn't disappoint you this one time. <laughs> this one time. Uh, I love Keith Richards' character or Keith, uh, Keith David's character in it because he hates cops. That's his whole character arc. So whenever men at work, real quick, Emilio Estevez, uh, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen movie. It's the only movie they've ever done together, um, and they play garbage men that get wrapped up in this conspiracy with nuclear waste. It's all you need to know. The rest of it's just fun. Yeah. But there's a there's a there's a guy played by and I don't remember what he does within the context of the, of the movie. But whenever they come across cops to try to stop them, he he winds up beating up the cops and then handcuffs them to things so that they're humping each other. <laughs> so he handcuffs the one cop to like a you know pole, what? and then he handcuffs the cop behind him around his waist so he's humping him and he pulls their pants down. You know what? I'm going to actually take that comment back. I think it's just the physical humor of it and yeah. it has nothing to do with what I previously said. So I recant and I apologize for that. <laughs> I overthought it. It's just funny. Physical humor is funny. Well, it's, and you can't put a patent on I'm it. I'm not going to say this right, but it's that shorten Shorten Schadenfreude? There you go, right there. It's the, it's you know, it's the... It's Misfortune of others. It's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So at the end of Men at right. as the credits are rolling... I took it the, to a weird place. The two... Co- I know you did. It was a it? weird oh, podcast. We're having fun. <laughs> um, he, he, so they're handcuffed to the to like a seesaw, and like a kid's watching them, and they're like, kid, get help! And that's the credits of this movie. <laughs> so you're right. It's so great. Oh, man. Um... So a couple things. Uh, that's the whole episode. That's the whole uh, season. That's the whole season. So real quick, um, what's your favorite episode this season? What's your top three of this season so far? Me six. Got, okay. Um, uh, oh, oh, oh. oh it's the Evil Morty one. Oh, uh, Close Encounters. Thank of the you. Rick, that Rick one. Steve, and then Rick Close Steve. Encounters of the of the, the Rick, whatever. And then Rick Steve Minutes. And then Rick Steve Minutes. Okay. Um, for me... Um, not in any particular order. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, in order. Um, uh, the pilot okay. is going to be my number one because it introduces us, and it's you know what? Here's the thing: shows should TV should be the same thing that you watch in the pilot. Thematically, should be the same thing at the end. House is the same fucking guy at the beginning of the show as he is at the end, but he has gone through a little bit of changes, so he doesn't look exactly the same but the tone's still there yeah it's the same same tone it and that's 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 Hugh Laurie's acting because it's great but I the pilot is great because it sets up this theme and they stick with it we go into different places we play with that theme of of all the stuff that we've talked about sci-fi tropes but at the end of it it is still very much a science fiction comedy yeah and 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 so the pilot really sets that up very very well so the pilot um I gotta say I like Rick Minix I gotta say I love our work on Rick Minix but I so that's that, that that's a good memory ingrained in my head. It was fun. Yeah. Um and then uh the um Use your words, Jesse. You sound it out. Uh something Rickett comes this way. There you go. I made I made you devil made horns. Devil I made devil horns. We would be good on twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. if I'm ever on that show, kill me. That's you... that's how it would be good. You would bring my corpse. <laughs> uh so that so those are my top three. I really like the devil one um, because there's just so much to mine there. That's such a so much to mine there. Right. And now he's trapped in a box. And now he's got autoerotic asphyxiation. 
<laughs> but he's smiling. He's happy. He's happy. Um, if you could only see what I just did, the horrors. So quick changes to the show. Um, and then and then and then we're going to close out. Yeah, we are exciting going, changes. Exciting changes. Uh, we, we like this podcast. We, we really do. You too. We really do. We're going to go to a weekly format. Yep. Um, it's not going to be the time in between. We're going to go more weekly. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's that's all I have to that say. That was the big change, but it's a big change. So you're going to hear from us next week. It's like going from the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 6S. Like, whoa, there's an S now. Deeper, uh, quicker connect. I don't know what the iPhone does. I, I, it's just like, I, I have a good time doing this. And there's no reason not to give you guys more content that you love. All 20 of you. Um, we even have some fans from, was it Colombia? Uh, it was in Portuguese. No, the language is in Portuguese. It was Brazil. It was Brazil. We had we had uh, viewers from Brazil who right just on. loved us. And by the way, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell people you meet on the street. Steal children. Tell them about it. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, uh, uh, I had lunch me- with yeah. uh, my mentor, and she was asking me like, "Oh, you were on a podcast. What are you doing?" So I sent it to her. She's like, "Okay, great. So this is for you, Julia. Thank you for watching, <laughs> listening." Which is this, this For thing. 11 episodes, nobody watches us. <laughs> I think everyone watches us. Where can they reach out to us if they need to? Uh, no one has yet, but dubcast at gmail.com, Twitter at dubcast. Yeah, real sorry about the Twitter, guys. It's just, I'm just, I'm, my mind's not. You know, we're not good at social media. We're just not. But, but you know what? You need, we're good at making okay podcasts. But if you need to reach out to us, that we do check it. You can definitely reach out to we us do, there. We, like a... Um, Sad kid with no friends. We check our mailbox, hoping for someone to respond. And on that note, have a wonderful day. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Bye.